Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me again for Business, The Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one, two ways to leave work stress behind. Also talking with uh, Christina, who is back from uh, her overseas trip, and we're going to be talking about the Hunter Innovation Festival. But right now, we're going to cross over to AV Chartered Accountants, have a chat with Tony Vidray. Good afternoon, Tony. Good afternoon, Julian. So what you're here help? to help us today, eh? <laughs> I think everyone needs a little bit of help and everyone needs a little bit of less stress in their work environment, definitely. So, so we're going to talk about a subject that I don't know much about, so hopefully you can help me. Single-touch right. payroll. What, what's, what's all that about? What is that happening? Well, it's amazing that um, you, you don't know much about it because uh, you would be very, very similar to uh, a lot of people out there that don't know much about it. But the scary part about uh, this particular initiative by the government is it actually kicks in um, from the 1st of July this year. In fact, there was a crucial date uh, that came and went last month on the uh, on the 1st of April, which um, which I'll come back to in a minute. So, so single-touch payroll is another one of these um, initiatives by the government and the ATO um, to get businesses to communicate data to, with the ATO electronically. Now, when it was first um, introduced or when it was first announced by Kelly O'Dwyer, the whole concept of it is that, so you know, if, you have, if you're an employer that has employees at the moment, you pay those employees their net pay, full stop. Yep. Then, a little bit, then a little bit later, if the, ta- if the tax officer are lucky, that employer will include the PAYG that's been withheld on their BAS. If they're even luckier again, they might actually the employer might actually pay it on time, um, and if they're a really good employer, they might even even pay the uh, the superannuation that is owing on the um, on the employee's wages. So the, you can tell that the government in, in this initiative, the the underlying um, sort of undertone of this is that in the future, the, the government are really getting sick to death of employers not remitting employees' PAYG withholding, and they're also getting really tired of employers not paying the employees' superannuation, something like about $5.2 billion each year not paid in in super. Extraordinary extraordinary amounts of money. And look, at the end of the day, it costs you you and I and hospitals and schools Mm. and stadiums and all sorts of stuff. So single-touch payroll is this thing. When it was first introduced, um, or when it kicks in from the 1st of July, when an employer pays their employees that net amount of pay, they will report the details of that pay run to the tax office in real time. Mm. So let that sink in for a minute. So yeah. the gross amount, that the tax withheld, the obligation from super, it's going to be to the ATO in, in real time, all of the information. Now, when Kelly O'Dwyer, which he first announced this, she actually wanted all of the businesses to actually pay the net employees, pay the employees the net amount, report the pay, all the details to the ATO, pay the PAYG withheld at the same time and pay the superannuation amount owing at the same time. Now, the Business Council of Australia and accounting um, groups got together and they said to the ATO look, and the government, look, you're going to bankrupt Australia you know, pretty much overnight if you introduce this. So they've decided to back off on the actual payment side of things, but the reporting side of it um, has remained. Now, I will predict with you right now in the next five years or ten years' time we will enter a situation where employers will actually pay the net pay and at exactly the same time they will need to remit the, the tax right. withheld from pay. So, that, that look, that's coming. They're setting the system up right now so that it can collect the data and, um, and remit it. So there's a lot of logic problems around all of this. So, so the, the key date is the 1st of July 
that is coming, and that applies for employers that have 20 or more employees. That's okay, the, okay. supposedly the big end of town. Now, yeah. from the stats that, that we've read, um, that'll capture about 70,000 employer, employers that will be reporting from the, um, from the 1st of um, July. Um, the, the 1st of April date, which coincidentally was um, April Fool's Day, and coincidentally, it was Easter Sunday. That was the date where you had to do a head count of all of your employees, and it's by number, so not by full-time equivalents, by actual number of employees that you've got. Mm. And if it was more than 20, and facetiously, I told a few clients, well, you know, if you're not working on Easter Sunday, the head count for everyone will be zero. So, you know, no one has to report by, <laughs> by the, <laughs> unless you're a retailer. Um, no, that's not the case. So if you're over 20, you, you need to start reporting now. What's really interesting about all this is that in 12 months' time, on the 1st of July 19, everyone else is then going to join the system, all those small businesses that have 19 or fewer employees. And the numbers around that are around 700,000 businesses that will join the system mm. um, in 12 months' time. So there's, mm. look, there's a lot of doomsdays, and I, I must admit, I, I keep looking at these ATO systems every time they break down and... There was another breakdown in the, the small business clearinghouse again the other day. They can't, can't, can't quite get that system to operate correctly. And can everyone remember what happened um, with the census back in you yeah, know, August yeah. 16? I mean, I, I just, there's a lot of people just shaking their heads thinking that, you know, this is going to be a, a disaster mm. waiting to happen. But the ATO were adamant that they, they will be ready. Um, now, how do you actually do this? This is the part of the. It's all well and good to announce these things, but the mm. practical application becomes really, really tricky to um, to do. So all of the software houses out there, the MYBs, the Zeros, the QuickBooks Online, Sage, Attaché, all those guys, they have all been given um, a brief on what needs to occur. A lot of the um, um, in-house packages have already, they've already indicated that they're ready. Um, Zero and Mild, up until about last week, keep indicating that they will be ready. They're not quite ready. They're still beta testing um, a lot of their processes. But if you can put two and two together, your accounting software post 1st of July has to be online. Mm. It has to be, mm. you have to be connected somehow to the internet to be able to, re- to report this information um, directly to the to the ATO um, in, in real time. Now, like most things that they introduce, there'll be a little bit of lead time. There's, you know, no one makes mistakes with payroll, do they? These days, Julian, no, everyone, no. Gets their, <laughs> everyone gets their payroll done, um, you know, correctly first time. There's going to be a lot of, you know, what happens if there's an error and there's adjustments that have to be notified and it's just a lot of data. The ATO estimate they will be receiving when this thing is fully operational, 500 million pieces of data Jeez. every year. Wow. Now they won't, don't want data corruption, do they? No, no. So there's, <laughs> I, I could see I mean, how it could possibly work reasonably well with, with, as you say, businesses over 20 who are probably using Myob and Zero. But what about the very small businesses that probably aren't? I mean, I'm, mine is a good example of that where I'm a proprietary limited company and I'm the, yep. I'm the sole employee and yep. I don't pay myself a regular wage. I pay myself when I can afford it, basically. Yeah. Um, well, when, well, what the what the, ta- the ATO is saying right now is that when you can afford it, when you pay yourself a wage, I got to tell um, them that's that's when you report it. And yeah. and there's look, there's all sorts of safety nets, and I've already noticed on our um, the portal that we as tax accountants have with the ATO. There's now an int- a new button that's appeared there, so 
So, you know, we can report those um, payroll amounts to the ATO. Um, BAS agents will be able to report those amounts okay. um, to the ATO. So they've put, in, they've put in into place some safety nets for that information to flow. But this, again, it's going to be a real data, you know, collection process that has to be, you know, accurate and ongoing. The, the, most, the simplest way, the most efficient way, is to do it directly out of, you know, your, the software that software you, know, you should be using. So, you know how you, you spoke many, many moons ago, and I think on your show regularly about having one of those lovely Excel spreadsheet cash that's, books that, that... That's what I use. Those days are coming to an end, mate. I'll tell you now, <laughs> everyone will need to be online. Uh, I'll work out a way of doing it. <laughs> the, real, the real practical headache with this um, has been the country um, yeah. in, and, and the NBN and, and internet access. And it's a, it's a real problem that... Um, even in our you know region, once you start to head west, um, the internet co- connectivity is very very um, hit and miss. It right? is. Some places it's great, some places it's poor. We all know about all the problems with the NBN. Some places have it um, working really well. Other places it's uh, it's a nightmare. So the ATO actually have a working group at the moment where they're actually thinking about exempting certain employers um, from having to report um, with this process. Ideally, they want to. They want a collection rate of about 100% to get everyone on board, but they do recognise that there are going to be some problem areas, and in the early years, um, they will exempt certain employers. But I think long-term, they're just going to turn around and say, well, look, you need to get that data to someone in a metropolitan or a, or a city area, and then those people are going to need to um, to report that data. So over time, I think there'll be um, some interesting um, changes, but I'm just waiting for the TV issues to be sorted out with this sort of stuff, because it's going to be... I'm glad I've got uh, over 12 months to think about it. I'm yeah, head, heading yeah. towards retirement, I think. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, if I was a betting man, I would have, um, I would have actually bet that they they were going to delay, you know, the introduction, you know, by another 12 months because yeah. they are having significant problems with their portals. Yeah. Um, but no, they're adamant that they um, they will be ready. And and if you and if you're one of the 700,000 small businesses um, that you don't have to do this from. Um, the 1st of July 19, you can, if you want, um, to, you can early adopt it. So you can actually okay. jump in. Um, start we've, doing we've got, yeah, look, our, our accounting firm, we're under um, under 20 people. We've, I've made the decision that we will do it for the 1st of July um, Just, just, just so to try it out. <laughs> you got it. Just so that we can see yeah. what it looks like, feel it, just see what the problems are so that we can actually um, talk, yeah, walk the talk and tell people some of the things to, um, tips and traps, things to avoid and, <laughs> and just try and test drive the thing to make sure it, um, it will actually work. Great. Well, thanks for your time, Tony. Um, we'll have a chat next month and maybe we'll be talking about the same subject. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Any questions? Yeah, no, there, there is an online... Um, the ATO have got a lot of information on their website um, around this. So, um, okay. yeah, if you're one of these people, you better you better start getting ready and playing it because it's coming. Thank you. Have a good month. We'll talk to you next month. Good on Thanks, Julian. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Tony Vidray there with the yeah, Single Touch Payroll. We'll be interested to see how that pans out. Time to pop over to have a chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you today? I'm well, and you're safely back from an exciting trip overseas. I am very, yeah, and it was very exciting, and I'm very safely back. Thank you. And we'll have a chat about that over the few weeks, but today it's important that we talk about the Hunter Innovation Festival, which is starting next week. Yeah, it, start, it actually starts on Sunday, so mm. we, we've got a, um, a couple of weekend activities this year. So we're running from the 6th of May till the 18th of May. 
Uh, and there's a quite a variety of, um, of activities. I'd just like to um, thank very much our sponsors, who are the University of Newcastle and also the mm. Port of Newcastle. So they've been um, fantastic in, in assisting with all the things that we've got to do. And we've, as usual, we have an, a remarkable team um, made up of, of um, innovative organisations, you know, throughout the city, which is fantastic. Uh, but I just thought I might run you run you through a couple of the events, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so we kick off on, on the 6th of May with Smart Play, which is a, a, an interactive physical data visualisation, hands-on, create create what you want um, activity. Uh, all these all the details for all these are at the website, hunterinnovationfestival.org. We're also um, on uh, Instagram and on Facebook. So if anybody wants any details, I'm just going to basically skim through a couple of the events, but all the details are on the website. So um, we've got idea bombing happening on Monday the 7th of May, and we're going to be talking about um, the future of Newcastle, and we're going to talk about the concepts of living labs. I know there's there's quite a few people registered for that already, but uh, it's again, it's very interactive. It's people um, within the within the audience there coming up with the ideas themselves, and then those ideas get passed on for hopefully action. We've so, got a defence. Uh, so, so a living lab on. is is uh, yep. people pre- people brainstorming. Is that what what it? Can you say that again? I missed that. Sorry. Living lab is that what people yep. brainstorm? Is that is that what it is? Uh, a living lab is what is it like to be living in a living city in the, okay. in the city of the future? Um, so the whole idea bombing will, will um, have a, a pretty good explanation of what that is, and then how we how we can um, how we're going to use the living lab facility to actually get us there. So it's kind of live and happening. Mm, okay. um, the defence ice stem pitch night, which is going to happen on the Tuesday night at the business centre, is uh, all about. Um, we've actually got the, the next generation of um, innovators. So they're, they're going to be um, from the schools and they're going to be pitching some of their innovations. Uh, we've got, on Wednesday, we've got rapid, proto, rapid product development and prototyping. So I think one of the things that people get lost in um, is if they have a product, they, they, they actually think that the prototype um, idea of it takes a long time. You can actually rapid prototype, particularly now with 3D printers and things like that. So yeah. we'll be running people through ideation, rapid prototyping, and actually giving some people some um, ideas around grants and funding. The university's putting on Innovation in Action, which is uh, going to be hosting a panel um, and talking around a, a lot of the tough issues uh, in creating new business and what is the what is the interplay between marketing and innovation. So that'll be a, an awesome conversation on the Wednesday mm. evening. Mm. Uh, Ganilla Burrows, who is um, with 1804, is going to be talking about uh, gender, things around gender uh, as part of the Startup Stories series at the university. There's a Smart City Engagement Workshop. The Hunter Economic Breakfast is going to be talking around mental health. So Hugh Mackay is going to be their guest speaker. That's on the Friday. Um, we've actually got a new futures hackathon for aged care happening um, in the, on the following weekend. So it starts Friday, runs Saturday. Um, we've got um, some more startup stories and innovators lunch. So there's activities happening, you know, over the ten day period, and all the all the details and, and registration. A lot of the events are free, but we like people to register. Please don't register if you're not really going to come. Mm. Um, but uh, at hunterinnovationfestival.org, you'll find out all the information um, that you need about all the events, uh, be able to download a program, and we'd love to see as many people at as many of the events as possible. Fantastic. And uh, will we talk about some of those events as, as after they've happened, just uh, to share on the radio? 
Yeah, that would be fantastic. Thank you so much. And also we can, obviously, it's going over several weeks, so next Thursday we can remind people of the following week. Yeah, that's right, and what's coming up. So, and, yeah. you know, we're kind of covering, because innovation these days, as we know, can be anything from small useful change to absolute disruption in industry. Mm. Um, and I, I think over the course of the week, we're going to be, or the course of the 10 days, we're actually going to be talking about all kinds of innovation yeah. uh, and how, how it affects different people in different organisations and how change is a great thing. Change is a good thing, you know. I mean, I'd, I'd hate to... To still be wearing some of the fashions that have gone through um, through fashion periods in history. I'm very happy with where we are now. <laughs> okay, well, fantastic. You have a fantastic week, and uh, I'm sure you're going to be very busy with the Innovation Festival next week, and uh, we'll chat with you again on the radio next Thursday. Look forward to it, Julian. Have a great week. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina there with the, uh, the Hunter Innovation Festival. I want to find out more. Uh, HunterInnovationFestival.org will be the source. Time for one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one, two ways to leave stress behind, or work stress behind, I should say. After a long day, it can be a struggle to leave work behind you. Too often we take our job-related stress on our friends, our children, our partners, and here are two ways to make sure your work troubles stay at the office. First of all, have an end-of-work habit. Signal to your brain that it's time to go home with a ritual that helps you unwind. Take a more scenic route home. Listen to music on the bus or go to the gym. Make time for this habit so you can switch switch gears before you get home, not as you are walking in the door. And then create a third space. It's easy to shuttle back and forth, physically and emotionally, between work and home. But having a third space besides these two locations will help you decompress. It might be anything from a quiet cafe to a book club to a poker night. It should be a place where you explore your interests, relax and ideally find fulfilment. So some interesting points because we do often take that stress home, don't we? Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've uh, talked about that single-touch payroll, which uh, is going to affect all businesses within the next 12 months. But certainly if you've got more than 20 employees, you need to be in line with that by the 1st of uh, July. We've also looked at the Hunter Innovation Festival with Christina and uh, some interesting talks coming up there. Uh, If you want to know more, go to hunterinnovationfestival.org and find out the full program. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, I'm excited. We're going to talk about 52 ways to build a successful business with Dale Beaumont from Business Blueprint. He's a very successful young entrepreneur, often comes up to Newcastle about once a year and he has a free workshop all day that day. Fantastic information. We'll talk with him next week. We'll also have our minute with on innovation with Christina and have some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business, The Law and You at the same time next week. Till then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Will Rogers once said, don't let yesterday take up too much of today. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.